Now, I don't know if you know, but Perea and I have been led to start a community outreach and we've been doing it down at um, Alexandra Park. But one of the things the Lord led us to do was create these flags, these great big flags. And he asked us to put the rainbow at the top, then the cross, and then the word of God. So we've got these big, bold flags now. I think they're about three metres. I didn't want big, but Prayer wanted big, <laughs> just to make a statement. Anyway, um, at one stage, I said to Pray, you know what that stands for? And um, he didn't want to put it on. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we had to hear from God. So I went to God and before that, I heard a word from a very dear Christian friend. And when I told her about about that she said um, you know God wants you to claim it back because it belongs to God it belongs to us so talk about a spirit of rebellion we're rebelling back <laughs> anyway so the flags are rather bold but one of the fellows that's been attracted to us and is now part of our outreach is a gender confused fellow and um, but through ministry he's accepted Jesus as his Lord and Saviour but he's not yet cleaned up <laughs> so to speak but we are ministering to him and one of the words God said to me very forcefully to speak to him was God made them male and female and God says that you're a male and there is no confusion because God is not the author of confusion. The devil is. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you today. So the outreach is going quite well. We had about five people there, all of them very strong preachers. So we were releasing the word of God very strongly across Bundaberg. So our heart is for Bundaberg, to see Bundaberg saved. Anyway, thank you very much. And just, yeah, you come Ronnie. Just remember that the um, graphic that we have for Restoration Centre is the seven colours of the rainbow with a cross in the middle of it. Yeah. On, after what... Um, Megan said, I just want to say that God doesn't make mistakes. When people are saying they don't want to be a male or female anymore, it's like they're saying that God's made a mistake of their gender. And God doesn't make mistakes. But um, I've had a pretty tough week this week. Like Lynn, um, I'm getting treatment this rash I've got, it's been going on for the last 12, six, six to 12 months. Um, I'm having light therapy for it. I've just been believing that I'm going to get healed by God and that this treatment's going to work. But I've got this condition, it's called scabies. <laughs> and I told him, first I told my carer about it. And she went and told the other pe the um, other people that I'm with, Endeavour. 
and I said that I might not be able to be cared for because of this scabies. And I told them at my job also, and they said that I might not be able to come to work. But Dad said that um, I, I was just telling them the truth. It's like telling the truth's the wrong thing. You can't tell, can't tell the truth. <laughs> but um, yeah, Dad rang up the doctor and said that asked if if I'm contagious and whether I'll be able to work. And the doctor said that I'm able to work and I'm getting treated and I'm able to work. And he gave he gave it to gave it to the place where I'm going to be cared for and to my job. And they didn't really accept it, but then they asked the other people asked um, health and safety and they said that it should be alright. Yeah. Also, I got some opposition at work on Friday. Everyone was just being really disgusting and rude and everything. So every morning, Dad prays for me, and that's what gets me through. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Awesome. Hey, so today, as we have once a month, is, is testimony and sharing, okay? So we often get testimonies, we often get people, you know, do stuff, but we don't get a lot of sharing the way I think, well, you know, the way I see. So this morning we've got four different people that are going to share a snippet of something because we have to, we have to keep change, changing stuff. We're on a process of change, amen? So what I mean by that is that, you know, our heart is to see, uh, to see um, not just people say a prayer, but to actually make disciples. Yep. There's a big difference between people saying a prayer and then people actually being discipled and actually really following Jesus in every part of their life. And I think part of the issue with the, with, with the church in the Western world in particular is that that's generally what happens is that someone makes a, you know, makes a commitment or they say a prayer or whatever and then, then they join a local fellowship but then there's really no investment in them and there's, a, and there's really no change in stuff that things just keep going the way that they have been. But our God is a God of change. He's a God of transformation. He changes us from glory to glory. But it's a process. It's discipleship. And discipleship is twofold. You need the person, you know, or you need someone who is willing or some people who are willing to invest in you. But then that still doesn't work if the person is not willing to be invested in. It's, it's discipleship's two-way. Jesus said, come follow me. But then the disciples had to leave everything to follow him. It's two-way. So I want to encourage you this morning, when you think about sharing a testimony Sundays in advance, that hands up who spends time in the Word each week. Right. That's a good start. <laughs> God is speaking to you through the Word, isn't he? Yeah. I want to encourage you that when we have our sharing and testimony Sundays... To be able to go, this is what God has been speaking to me about and I want to encourage my brothers or sisters or I want to challenge my brothers and sisters or whatever it is with the word that God has been speaking to me about. Amen? It says that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That's, that's part of church. That's, why you, that, that's part of why we gather, that we would be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Amen? And we need that. 
So this morning we've got four different people that are going to demonstrate something today. That they've been in the Word, God has been speaking to them, and they can bring that to you this morning in a short, concise way where the Spirit of God is going to move. They are four different people from four different decades. And I think that's important because everyone has something to offer. Amen? Doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, you've got something to offer. Who wants to go first? May. She's just put her hand up. Woo! Come on, May. Well, this morning, I've just been amazed. I thought, for starters, I thought um, Tim was going to share my message. <laughs> and then it's just been going, going just flowing with um, what I feel the Lord is saying uh, and has been saying to me for a few weeks, actually. Um, so I've been going through these scriptures. There's four verses that I wanted to share with you. Um, in Luke 10, it's not in any of the other Gospels, and it's Luke 10, and it's um, about Mary and Martha, who are sisters of Lazarus, and for those uh, who may not know, Lazarus was um, raised from the dead by Jesus. So these are um, his sisters, Martha and Mary. I'll take my glasses off, it's not time yet. <laughs> so what happened was um, Martha heard that, um, that Jesus and the disciples were um, going to be in their village. And so Martha decided she's going to invite um, Jesus and the disciples to to come to her place and so that's 13 people that would be like you deciding you're going to invite 13 people over for lunch now so so there's Martha um, organizing things and um, getting things ready getting the meal ready and I could just imagine Martha because what's happened is Mary decided she's going to sit with the men which is culturally was unacceptable at that time but she decided she's going to sit at Jesus feet I could just imagine Martha trying to get Mary's attention trying to get her eye contact no no eye contact I could imagine her giving her the look the sisterly look like I could imagine her also doing the twitch I've done that with Trev, but he probably thinks I've got a... Well, her twitch is really bad today. <laughs> so I could just imagine Martha just getting so frustrated because she's just... She's got to feed all these people, 13 people, 13 men who have been out all day and she's invited them over for a meal. And um, so finally, out of her frustration, she goes and tells on Mary... She goes to Jesus. Let's see what she says. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And, um, but, Ma but Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair? It isn't fair. I won't sing. But isn't that how we feel sometimes? It just isn't fair. And can I tell you, um, the 67 years that I've been on this earth, 
stuff happens and it's just not fair. But what's important is how you take that. How, how do you deal with unfairness in your life is so important. You either become stronger through it or you become bitter and angry and frustrated. Um, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Now let's see what Jesus said. Now this is from the Passion Translation. And the, and the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Can I tell you this is not just about the dishes and the food. Jesus knows what you're going through. He knows what's your heart issues and the things that you're dealing with. They go far deeper than just the dishes and the food. He knows you deeply. He actually knows you better than you know yourself. I'll read it again here. Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? And when we are going through stuff, it does pull us away from what? What is it pulling us away from? All the stuff that goes on, all our concerns, all our worries. What is it pulling us away from? Are they really that important? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important, one thing most important, and this is what I believe we've been hearing all morning, the one thing most important. By choosing to sit at my feet, she is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her and this is what God is calling us to this is not something you do when you're going through trouble because when you're going through trouble most times you can default to the old way this is something that you do every day sitting at his feet spending time with him listening to him listening to his heartbeat pouring out to him what you're going through in life and sitting with him this is what he's calling you to do day in and day out so that when you do go through stuff he will be your default. He will be the one that you go to and draw your strength from and draw your peace from, draw your wisdom from. Thank you.
Amen, hey? Who feels to follow that one up? Hey? Rightio, you go then. Morning, church. In a uh, Christian school, there was, uh, in the cafeteria, was a large table, and on one end of that table was a large bowl full of apples, and uh, a teacher had put a sign beside that bowl of apples saying, take only one, God is watching. And on the other end of the table was a large bowl of chocolate chip cookies, and a student had written a note saying, take as many as you like, God is watching the apples. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about where can we go where we're out of the gaze of God? You know, we can't hide, we can't run. He's everywhere. He sees us wherever we are. He knows where we are. He sees the circumstances we're in. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And that loyalty is completely his. That loyalty is to be safe and at peace and having friendship with God. And that's what he's challenging us with at this time. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So what treasure has possession of your heart? Are they earthly things or are they heavenly things? It is time uh, to, as Colossians 3.10 says, put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So we're very good in, in church at speaking Christianese. You know, we often flip out one-liners that we know, very popular one-liners, but do we really mean it? Do we really live it? And when we see it, say it as an encouragement to others, what do we really mean? Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of those verses that everyone knows as a promise. And I'm actually going to read it to you. For I know the, the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So we love declaring that. But to me, the, uh, the next part's the best part. Then you will call upon me, and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. That's the clincher. Another one which I actually came up for prayer the other night, Psalm 138.8. The Lord will, will fulfill his purpose in me. And Deuteronomy 31.6 says, The Lord will never leave me nor forsake me. But once again, are we living those promises out in our own lives? And I really believe the Lord's really saying to us today, you know, are you doing it? Are you believing it? Are you laying hold of it? And are you going to live it? Moses proclaimed to Israel uh, God's future and hope to deliver them out of old ways, old life, slavery to the world, and to deliver them into the promise 
of a land flowing with milk and honey. But many of them rebelled against that word. They heard the word, they saw it demonstrated, and they still rebelled against the word. They were unbelief, and those that were unbelief fell in the desert, never entering into any of the promises that were available that they could lay a hold of. You and I have promises as well. We hear prophetic encouragement every time we meet. You know, if you come to the prayer on Friday night, there's themes, there's promise. Here every Sunday for weeks, we've heard promises, we've heard people declaring a time we're in, a time to be ready, get ready. Are we listening? Are we moving or are we in unbelief? My encouragement to everyone is to step out. My encouragement also is to um, those people that we meet in our sphere of influence, that to encourage them to step out, to encourage them into, pr or into pressing into God. Get involved in home groups, prayer on Fridays, so you can build yourself up and be encouraged in the Lord. Yes, the Lord has a future and a hope for every one of you too. Matt's coming. Hello. So I want to read a scripture. Um, and it's Numbers 6, 24 to 26. And it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now about two months ago, um, I woke up in the morning with a song in my head and I couldn't work out where I might have heard it, but it really, really spoke to me. So I searched through every song I could find and it's called The Blessing. Now, I would had heard it before, but I didn't know where. So it does happen to me sometimes I get songs and I don't know where they come from. But it's been going over and over and over in my head for about two months. I wake up in the middle of the night, it's there. I'm driving to work, it's there. So I usually just play it anyway, because then I can hear it. <laughs> I'm walking through the school, it's there. And I was a bit confused about, you know, where, why. So the song's lyrics, the first verse is, it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> so it took me a while. I might be a bit slow, but it took me a while to find out where that came from. <laughs> but um, I have now. So what I actually was going to share today was about... I was reading Matthew... Let me find it. I was reading Matthew 14 about the, um, you know, the, 
the 5,000. So the disciples and Jesus, they just fed 5,000. Jesus had just prayed over, you know, five loaves of bread and two fish. And they fed 5,000 people. And that was men. So there was more. Immediately, this is verse 27, it says, but... Hang on. Sorry, verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Now I read that about 20 times now. I just can't get past... The fact that there was only one person in the boat that was willing to get out for a start. And I thought that was a bit weird. Because they'd just seen all these miracles. They'd walked around with Jesus, they'd lived with Jesus, but only one of them decided that they needed to get out of the boat. And I thought, well, you know, he got out of the boat, but then as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus... He sunk. Now, there's a couple of words that I thought were really weird and I didn't, you know, I looked in all the different versions and a lot of them are still there. It says, for the wind was contrary. And I just think about life and quite often the wind is contrary. It's contrary to where Jesus is saying to go. If you look at Jesus and you follow Jesus then even if you sink, he's going to grab you out. So what I really wanted to talk about was the intimacy that it takes to follow Jesus. Do we each have it? Do we choose him every day? I say this to the youth every time I see them and they're probably sick of it. But we have a choice. We get to choose. We get to choose him or we get to choose the world. It's pretty simple. So going back to the song, I wondered what this song was all about. Why is it still playing in my head? Now the rest of the song says, May his favour be upon you and a thousand generations, your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you 
and are all around you and within you. He is with you, he is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you, he is for you. And it keeps repeating, he is for you, he is for you, lots of times. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So I think that's a picture. You know, Jesus is with us. He's everywhere. He's Before you go there, he's already there. He's behind you. He's beside you. He's within you. So it's all about intimacy. So I just wanted to leave that with you. And there was another scripture that I... God gave me about 300 of them. I kept finding them. I'm like, I can't share them all. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you'll be right. Well, maybe that was me. So it's from Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 and I think um, Guy might have shared this one already and it says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And it says, do not fear nor be dismayed. And I think we all let fear dictate our life and what we do and what we don't do and what we, um, where we go, where we don't go. But that song, you know, he's with you, he's around us, he's everywhere. So wherever you go, he's going to be there. And if you listen to him, you're going in the right place. Amen. It's good, hey? This isn't, you know, you might be sitting there today and, you know, you probably look back and, you know, one of the messages may be really speaking to you more than the others, but there's so much encouragement out of all of them. Amen? That's part of the mutual edification, being mutually encouraged by each other's faith. We've all got something to invest in someone else, part of discipleship. I see a pattern now. We, 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 there's, we started with the wisest, most mature then Guy was just a little bit younger and then Matt's a little bit younger still and now we've got the youngest. Not the youngest, but the youngest who's going to share today. Morning. So next time I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and go first. So everyone looks like they're copying me, not the other way. It's like, shut up, Guy, shut up. It's too good. <laughs> But nah, it's all good. Yeah, alrighty. Um, the Lord's been really speaking to me lately about bringing heaven to earth, and a few people shared a little bit about it last week. I'm just going to delve a little bit deeper into that. Don't need that. So I'm going to read Psalm 34, just little snippets of it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. I magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. Just skipping on a bit. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So I've been really a bit convicted lately um, in my little precious times with God. He's, he's been speaking to me about 
giving thanks and praises in all circumstances. Um, yeah, life has been super, super hard right now for everyone, I think. Like, the stuff that some people, you know, we share and with each other, you would not wish upon your worst enemy. It's just been absolutely heart-wrenching and heartbreaking. But in the midst of that, we are called to lift our praises to him, aren't we? We are called to give thanks. Because when we do that, we are taking our eyes off our circumstances and our weaknesses and our problems and everything that's building up. We are fixing our eyes on him because he is our help. He is our source, right? Um, and so when we do this, we're actually sticking out like a big red thumb because the world will say, now look at your circumstances, you can't do that, you're not qualified to do this, you can't step into that, you, you can't have that much joy, you've got everything going on in your life, you can't be joyful, you can't be this, you can't be that, you can't be that, you can't be that. But heaven goes, na 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 na. God is your source, God is your supplier, your help comes from him, your trust is in him. Yeah, so there's a bit of a shift, there's a bit of a change here, okay? And so when, when we start lining our, our lives and our walk with God's word, you stick out, you stick out. You become like a little red target and, you know, enemy goes, shoot over there, knock them back down, right? But no, 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 we've got to give thanks in all circumstances. We've got to lift our praises high. We've got to thank him because he is good. We've got to remember too that heaven lacks nothing. Heaven lacks nothing. What you lack on earth, what you need on earth is in heaven. Um, I, I shared a little story with the kids a little bit ago, but it's so relevant, it's so true. I like to picture heaven as a massive store warehouse and in it is everything you need. There's new limbs, there's um, sticky tape for your broken heart, there's, there's everything you need in heaven. And when you, when you start giving thanks and when you start praising God and thanking God, it's like these warehouse doors start opening because heaven listens when you're thankful. Heaven listens because you're basing that on love and on God and not on fear. Grumbling and complaining is fear. Heaven can't respond to fear. Heaven has to respond to trust and love and thankfulness. So when you start thanking God, it's like these doors open Okay, And when these doors open, the blessings come. The blessings come. Your provision comes. It says in Psalms again, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Okay, So it's so, so, so hard just to fall into that little trap when you're going through stuff, just to get in your little right, get in your little right, and you start grumbling and you start complaining oh, you know, about my job or my family or about, oh, you know, more bills, car broken, this, this, that. It's just so easy to fall into that trap. But when that stuff happens, you actually have to stop yourself and say, no, 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 thank you, God, that I have a job. Thank you, God, that I actually have a car. Thank you, God, that I have a family. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you for that. Thank you that you are making all things work together for my good. Thank you that you are for me, you are not against me. Thank you that my supply comes from you. Thank you my trust is in you. You've got to start thanking God. And it is so hard some days. It is so hard. You have to dig so deep within yourself, but it's a choice. It's a choice you have to make. You just have to dig and give thanks. And that's when the doors of hell and that storehouse starts opening. Okay? We hope for what we see, not right? Yep, it's already done by Jesus on the cross. It's already done. We just got to call it in. 
Yeah. But I'm reminded, and this is where um, I was like, guys, stop it. <laughs> I'm reminded about um, the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. It took them 40 years to complete a journey that should have only taken 11 days. Why? They fell into the trap of grumbling and complaining. And that is so, so, so heartbreaking because they were the ones who saw their people set free from slavery after 400 years. They had seen the miracles. They had seen so much. But yet, when they had a little trouble, they immediately took their eyes off Jesus and started falling into that rut of grumbling and complaining. We should have gone back to Egypt. We should have this... And so for 40 years, they were in that little turntable, that little, that little cycle of just grumbling and complaining. And they never entered the promised land. They never entered. And that's just, to me, that's just heartbreaking. Okay, but and we, we see in the New Testament, I'm, I'm reminded of Paul and Silas. You know, when they, they've been preaching God's gospel, they've been preaching Jesus and salvation. Yeah, they're sticking out like that little, little target over there, right? And they're getting... <laughs> Arrows flung at them, they're beaten, they're whipped, they're bruised, they're accused, they're judged, they're, they're stoned, they're thrown in jail, everything, everything's going so bad for them. They have every right just to sit there while they're bleeding out and go, well, this sucks. But in the jail, they're like, no, 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 we're going to sing praises and thank God because he is good. And what happened? The break, breakthrough come. Yeah? Yeah. So in the middle of your trials, in the middle of what you're going through, when you start finding yourself stinking back into that rut, you actually have to say, no, 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 no. Thank you, God, that you are for me. Thank you, Lord, that I am the head and not the tail. Thank you, Jesus, that you are above. I'm above all things, not below. You have to start thanking God. And when you, when you start thanking God with scripture, in the spirit realm, you're actually using that sword of the spirit, right? You're actually smashing back the enemy and taking back ground you say no 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 this is what the word of God says this is what he says and I'm thanking God and I'm claiming it yeah and it's not easy but hey it's what you got to do so I just want to encourage you as I close up and um, we've all done it I got convicted so bad by God about it myself just falling into that rut um, I just encourage you as you go home tonight just 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 repent of that just say God I'm sorry Lord when I've fallen back into that Help me, help me not to do that. Help me to keep my eyes on you. Just help me. Um, yeah. So, hope someone got something out of that. <laughs> Come on, music team. Hey. Awesome, hey. Come on. I'm reminded as uh, Brooke was there, um, Eddie shared this a couple of weeks ago. It says, and it will be in the last day, it says, God, that I'll pour out my spirit. On all people. On all people. All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even, I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. Every generation, amen? Every generation, you, you have something to give. You have something to offer. You have something to bring. So I hope today you've got a bit of a taste of the fact of encourage you to get into the Word. And when God is speaking to you, to encourage your brothers and sisters in just in, you know, it doesn't need to take 20 minutes, does it? You've been encouraged, strengthened. 
Hopefully. <laughs> Amen. I want to leave you with this thought before we worship it with, with song. That the, the Word of God says that we are spirit, soul, and body. Do you know that part of discipleship is looking after all three areas of your life? You need to feed your spirit. You need to grow. You need to be, become strong in the Lord. But if you do that, and, and all while you neglect your health, you might cut your number, your days short. This week for me, it's been more the emotional thing. Moving, cleaning, painting, stressing, stressing a bit more. Is, but it's funny how the emotions can take over and try to suffocate the life of the spirit. We are spirit, soul and body. God wants to minister into all three areas. Part of discipleship is in all three areas. Amen? i just give you that little thought. Because sometimes you go, oh, I don't feel like this, oh, I can't do this, and you're thinking, where is God? I can't hear him, all this kind of stuff. Sometimes it's because your emotions are all over the place. Sometimes it's be because you've been so busy that you haven't had that still time. It's all different reasons. I'm just really encouraged today that God is speaking to us through so many different people to take the time to be still, to take the time to feed upon his word, to give thanks in all circumstances, but to not just go, yeah, thank you for that word, thank you for that encouragement, but what is our response? What are we going to do about it? God has given the invitation and he wants us to respond. Amen? Amen? Who's looking forward to tonight? I am. Come on. I want to see the walls come down. I want to see the church in the city arise. Amen? Yep.